This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Swinging Through Comics. Visit mjmunoz.com slash STC for notes and links, and don't forget to subscribe. Like, share, and comment to help me grow. I am back after the Spider-Verse rant to talk about none other than everyone's favorite female iteration, or uh, what does Young Ripper call him? Not Goofy. He calls everything Goofy. Um, gosh, I don't know. Derivative of uh, Spider-Man, which is Spider-Gwen. So, I read through the Spider-Verse event. I got introduced to uh, Spider-Gwen, which I think is a stupid name, uh, through um, the uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie. And maybe I'd heard her, heard about her or like seen her in the comic shop or whatever on a book. And I thought like, that's dumb. Why is Gwen, Gwen Stacy's dead? That's my original reaction to Spider-Gwen. Two things. One, Gwen Stacy's dead. Why is she Spider-Man? Two, um, why is she called Spider-Gwen? Isn't that going to ruin her, you know, secret identity? It isn't because she's, the book's called Spider-Gwen, but she's Spider-Woman in her story, which Spider-Woman makes sense. Uh, and then I heard about her being called Ghost Spider recently. I thought that was really cool, and I imagined it was because her suit was white and black and whatever. I real I read the real reason why she's called Ghost Spider, and, like, that's her new official name or whatever. It's a dumb name, too. Uh, it has nothing to do with her abilities, with, uh, you know, the Ghost Spider, because there is a Ghost Spider. So, it just, like, it's a little asinine to me, the whole Spider-Gwen thing. That being said, I am a father. And, uh, my children, um, have an effect on me. They have a sway. So I went ahead and read the Spider-Gwen Most Wanted, which is the 2015 miniseries. Let's see if it's 2015. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is the 2015 miniseries based on, um, well, it's a spinoff of Edge of Spider-Verse 2 and, um, you know, the whole Spider-Gwen thing being, uh, you know, something that was created by Marvel for their Spider-Verse event back in 2014. So, which do I have the exact date for that? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I'm going to try to focus just on Spider-Gwen Most Wanted. Supposedly, so this is a miniseries. Uh, they had a title as Most Wanted. It doesn't end like a miniseries. It ends as if there's more to come from it. And I guess, oh, now I understand why I read. I ended up re reading a Spider-Verse event that's the wrong Spider-Verse event. Um, and it's because this one leads into it, sort of. But it doesn't. What the heck? Oh, man. Sorry, my mind is blown. I'm, I'm reeling. I'm having a hold. I'm having a very hard time with the Spider-Verse thing because it's just, it's so difficult to get into. But I need to focus and talk about what really matters, uh, which is, you know, this comic overall. So I have credits here. Uh, the writer is Jason Latour. Apparently he handled... Uh, Gwen Stacy from Earth-65, Spider-Woman, uh, in the Spider-Verse event. So he wrote The Edge of Spider-Verse issue 2. Um, Robbie Rodriguez is the artist. Apparently he designed the costume as well. Um, I don't know if Rico Renzi is the color artist throughout the whole thing or not. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's who's doing it. Um, we had, so supposedly, uh, it's funny, his name isn't on here, but, uh, Dan Slott is supposedly the guy who... Uh, you know, he was in charge of the Spider-Man books, and uh, I guess he was partially responsible for the uh, architecture of the Spider-Verse event, and he said, we need to do a Gwen Stacy uh, from another Earth who is the Spider-Woman instead of Peter being the Spider-Man, and Peter can have a tragic death and whatever. So, that's kind of interesting. Uh, I have one qualm with that, which is that 
And one of the issues that I tried to read when I was trying to learn a lot more about, you know, Spider-Gwen after I finished reading the series, because it piqued my interest enough that I thought, I can maybe, I can maybe do this. Um, she apparently, and I, I caught this on like a lore video or whatever, um, she deals with uh, an evil, you know, an evil Peter who went crazy after uh, Gwen's death, after, you know, his Gwen Stacy's death, and... Um, she, you know, she struggles with, or he struggles that he becomes a villain. She struggles with Peter's death, and she doesn't become a villain, but she becomes broken inside, and they're similarly broken, and they, you know, share an experience, and whatever, he has a redemption, and that gives her some closure on the, uh, on the situation of her, you know, feeling so guilty over Peter. But then, that happens again in this Spider-Gwen, uh, Most Wanted, uh, miniseries. And, uh, I'm a little disappointed by that, because it kind of takes the edge out of it, and we get it, you know, twice. But, um... It's funny, there's, I don't know if it's just the first issue or if it's multiple issues, but uh, the editorial Nick Lowe and whoever are, you know, because you demanded it, which is a, you know, great Stan Lee thing. Uh, they're saying, like, this series exists because you, because you're such great fans, because you want more Gwen Stacy action and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like, I, I, I always balk when, you know, Stan Lee put that on covers, too. Like, I didn't demand this, dude. Like, you thought it would make you money, and you thought it was a decent enough story. And, uh... Honestly, I, I looked at this book on Mike's Amazing World, and I know I'm not talking about the book, I'm talking around it, but I'll, I'll get to it in a couple minutes. Um, and the first, like, three issues each have, like, 26 variant covers. And they're, like, variant cover A, B, C, D, whatever. Uh, I don't know how well that tracks, and I didn't click, to, click through to see each cover or whatever, but, I mean, they showed, like I said, cover A, you know... Uh, I can't remember what you call it, like alternate cover A, B, C, like all the way through Z. So like there were dozens of uh, alternate covers of, of these books that they wanted people to buy. Like they were like working off of the hype and by like issue four or five, they were down to like, uh, like, you know, a handful. And then I think five had like no variant covers. It was just like, no, just the one, just the one. We're ending this thing. We're winding it down, um, putting the Gwentzels down. And uh, yeah, um, it feels like a blatant cash grab. Uh, in a lot of places, and it feels like it's not uh, the quality book it should be. So there's a really great moment um, where there's a really great. There's a couple like there's like one outstanding or like really good moment in each book, and I don't mean it's like the best. I just mean like it's really good, and it's kind of grading on a curve. Like it's really good for this book, but some of it is good for Spider-Man in general. One of those things is uh, um, Gwen is like on the run, sort of. She and she and uh, you know her dad, Captain Stacy, and her mom, who looks just like her, she looks just like, um, lived in whatever, uh, why am I playing, in Queens, next to, uh, the Parkers, and Ben and May are still alive, and she's, like, gotten beat up or whatever, and she's just kind of recovering, hiding, she doesn't want to see her dad, so she goes over to their house, I think she actually, like, sneaks into Peter's room and then comes down or whatever, I, I think, I can't remember, anyway, but May grabs her, and, uh, J. Jonah Jameson had originally, like, lambasted Spider-Woman and said that she was responsible for Peter's death and basically claimed that she murdered him, even though, you know, that's not how it went down. And, uh, the Parkers were upset, and May, in particular, had made a very harsh statement, but she had continued to watch Spider-Woman after that, and she tells Gwen that she thinks Spider-Woman, you know, was running from the police, not because she hurt Peter, but because, you know, it looked like that, and she had no other option, and she, she thinks she was trying to save him, and that, you know, Peter was obsessed with Spider-Woman, so no wonder he would be near her in one of her foes or whatever, the lizard, and, uh, you know, end up getting killed or whatever, because there was, like, something 
broken in him or lost in him. And he was trying to fill that gap. Like he was maybe in love with Spider-Woman and he was trying to, you know, be like her by, you know, doing whatever he was doing. I don't know if May knows about, um, you know, the lizard serum or whatever that he created, but like in doing so, um, it was just a really good conversation. And May essentially tells her like, you know, Spider-Woman doing what she did, you know, may have caused him to ultimately die, but like he was doing what he wanted to do and what he thought was right. And he was doing the only thing he knew how basically. And like, I, you know, Spider-Woman's been a good, she's been doing good. And I think it's the same situation for her. She's kind of lost and confused and just doing the best she can. And, uh, I think she's trying to make up for Peter's death. And I really, uh, appreciate that. And like, I think that's great. And, you know, I can forgive her basically. And, um, you know, I hope she can forgive herself. So it's another one of those moments where it's like, does Aunt May know that, you know, so-and-so is actually, uh, you know, a spider person. Um, but I don't know. Cause like in Spider-Man too, she definitely, it's like, she definitely sounded like she knew that, you know, Peter was Spider-Man anyway. Um, and she wanted him to come back as, as Spidey. But, um, so like this moment is very classic, uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And they gave, those, they gave her that scene, like, straight from one of his books, and it was fantastic, um, there's also some, some decent humor, uh, decent, not 100%, you know, wonderful, like, there's, she provokes Vulture, um, she finds all this information about him, and she's tagging all over the place, and she does a Vulture, you know, tooting, and she puts death from a butt, because at one point, someone had screamed, or he screamed death from above, I think, or maybe that was, like, the name of a chapter, or whatever, um, and it was, like, it was a funny play, and me and my kid both laughed, but then, uh, at one point, um, they're doing this thing as a band. She's part of the Mary Jane. So she's led by Mary Jane Watson. And, uh, it's like all of Peter's ex-girlfriends, basically it's Mary Jane, it's Glory Grant. Uh, it's Betty Brandt. Um, uh, Liz isn't there, but I don't know if they ever dated. Uh, and then it's, you know, Gwen as their drummer. And then Felicia Hardy, I think used to be in the band and then she left the band and there's this whole like dumb thing with her. Like it's almost like it, <laughs> Felicia Hardy, they, um, they almost do something cool with her, but then it gets lame, uh, and I don't like it. And, like, Matt Murdock is a villain, and it's, you know, it's a whole different universe. But, like, at one point, one of them is wearing a cat on her head, and um, Mary Jane points out to them that they want to be successful, and they're willing to sell out a little bit so that they can be like Felicia. And she's saying, uh, we want the kind of success that doesn't think ramen is a food group or have to wear a cat on her head because she can't afford a new winter hat. And I think it's Glory is literally wearing, she has her house cat and it's sitting on her head and she's looking up at it. And Gwen's got like the, <laughs> the other girls, Gwen and I think Betty, uh, or is it supposed to be, cool? I don't know. Uh, they've like got these like badly rendered faces, these weird rendered faces where they're almost like doing duck lips, but they're like, I don't know, like it's like these weird elongated, almost snout-like faces, and they're both looking at her askance, um, and I, it's just like, I asked my kid, like, is that funny to you? Like, I didn't realize that that's what it was, first of all, with the art, I think maybe because of the size of the page overall and everything, I didn't realize she was actually, had a cat on her head, and when she did, and then MJ points it out, I turned to my kid, and I said, oh, that's a joke uh, do you think that's funny? And she said, no, but you know, what do kids know? Right. But they know humor. Like these kids love Animaniacs. They just started watching that and, uh, they're loving that. Um, they like other funny things. I think my kids have a decent sense of humor, but like that just wasn't funny. It wasn't funny at all. And it's stupid. And later on, 
uh, Felicia has these henchmen because she's the black cat, which by the way, they race swapped Felicia Hardy to make her a black woman. And there's like kind of a cool tragic story with her dad being a cat mm -hmm. burglar and they're French and whatever. Um, French and black. So I don't know like where they come from specifically, but she's not African-American because, you know, she's French. Um, and her dad even more so. So they're black folk. And, uh, which I've got no problem with that in principle, but then you make her literally a black woman who becomes the black cat and her dad is a cat burglar. So he's like the black cat too, but it's like, he's the Negro. Like if you like, it's the most racist thing you can possibly think of potentially that a black man, a black woman is the black cat because they're black. Kind of like, I think, I feel like black lightning is a slightly racist name, but like that could have been like, we're taking it back, which like, you know, dude who created black lightning, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But just like, it seems so reductive. It also made me think about how like the Miles Morales, Miles Morales, Spider-Man car costume is primarily black. Like Peter Parker's costume isn't primarily white, even though he's a white dude. Like that's not the point of it. It wasn't the racial identity of the character that they're trying to point out. So anyway, uh, Death from a Butt was good. The stupid cat hat joke with a literal cat on their head is bad. And then um, the band members are saying that uh, Felicia has like literal Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. She has Catman who have like three fingers or three fingers and a thumb as opposed to like, you know, five digits like a human. Uh, and they're fighting ninjas and stuff like there's a lot of there's like some random crap in here that's thrown in just to be funny. And I don't like it. Uh, I think it's dumb. I think it detracts from the humor and it makes, it almost makes the stakes of the world feel less real because it's like, oh, is this, is this all just a joke to you? Like what's real? What's serious? What, what matters? I don't really know. And, uh, it was kind of weird. So, uh, like, I guess I liked Gwen's arc, but I liked when I liked it best when they were making her as close to Peter Parker as possible. And if she's a different character, Shouldn't she be able to stand on her own and be a different character? I guess that's my real problem with it. So I would not recommend uh, this. Uh, I might check out more Gwen, Spider-Gwen type stuff in the future, but like I'm kind of done with it. Like I said, my kid, I read this because my kid wanted me to read it. And as I was reading it, just different things came up to me and I thought I had to point them out. So like the art's pretty decent overall. Uh, there's some places where it's weird and like sloppy, but I think it's supposed to be kind of edgy and punky, I guess. Um, and you know, for the most part, like I said, that's, it's, it's good, but there's weird stuff in it. And like, just like, I think like weird, like in your face, uh, choices are made and it's like, I don't know, like it's supposed to be a little grunge or whatever. And that's, that's weird. And then like, I checked out stuff from like the official Marvel channels about Gwen and they say, and I think, I kind of think they said in the first issue that with her spider powers, with after getting bitten by the spider and getting the powers, she used that to go into show business and become a drummer. That doesn't make any sense. Peter used his costume and his powers to go into showbiz and like get booked on, you know, variety, you know, talent shows or whatever and do amazing feats that drew him attention and fame and money. And, um, that's how he uses spider powers for it. But then she becomes a drummer. So I don't know if it's just like a joke. And it's like, I don't know. I'm a sincere person for the most part. Uh, I'll be sarc sarcastic every now and then, but like, if you're trying to make a point or say something, just like say it, come out and say it. And don't be afraid to like be earnest. Um, and if, when you make everything a gag, it's hard to tell, you know, what I'm supposed to take seriously or not. And maybe that's the point, like to deflect, like, Oh, it's all just a joke secretly. So don't judge it hard. Um, but that doesn't work for me because I'm going to come against you anyway. 
and judge you hard, you know, when I need to, but when there's stuff to praise, I praise it. So, um, I did think there was some cool stuff, uh, but just overall, like the tone of it, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. Again, this is a really cool scene where, uh, Gwen is telling, uh, Glory, I think to run and, uh, she's like, I'll, you know, be right behind you or whatever. And there's this spider Gwen silhouette shadow, whatever cast large on the wall behind her because she's about to get into action, turn into, you know, spider woman and do her thing and, you know, save people or whatever. And like, that's so cool. But that's also like a classic Peter Parker, Spider-Man thing. So it's like, oh yeah, making Peter Parker into a girl, uh, like it still works because he's still a cool character. And like the principle and the core of what makes him who he is, like just works and you're stealing it and grafting it onto somebody else or the other way, grafting them onto him or whatever. And that works um, because it's, you know, good high quality stuff. So uh, yeah, I it, like it wasn't unique enough and the things that they tried to do to differentiate it made it bad. So overall uh, I would skip Spider-Gwen Most Wanted, which is the 2015 issues one through five. And um I mean, I guess I was in overall entertained, but just, I don't think it's worth your time. I think you're better off reading actual Spider-Man comics over this. And that's pretty much all I have to say. So anyway, yeah, that was a, that was a long journey. I am going to talk more about uh, the Spider-Gwen costume because I've got big problems with it. And um, I came up with some alternate designs. I just kind of want to talk about, you know, why uh, I think it's so dumb and... Uh, yeah, so it's going to be, you know, negative, but I'm going to try to, I try to be positive, try to be creative, not just destructive. So I did come up with other designs and I'm not the greatest artist, but I figured, hey, uh, it's the design aspect that we're looking for. Not necessarily the, uh, you know, for me to be a comics artist uh, level of, of drawer um, and be able to show you that. So anyway, until next time, we'll see that. Uh, go ahead and check out stuff on my website over at uh, I got lots of other stuff there, lots of other commentary on Spider-Man stuff. Talked about Spider-Man Life Story with Chip Zdarsky. That's great. Like, that's wonderful Spider-Man stuff that you should definitely read. You definitely shouldn't skip. But anyway, for now, uh, I'm going to get out of here. So take care, folks.